Oh my god. That should be some spirit. That's so loud. <laughs> I'll do that one over here. Okay, there you go. That's yeah, that's tolerable. Okay. We'd like to remind you that the information contained within this podcast reflects our own personal opinions and should not be held as any kind of official recommendation. That's right. This podcast is for our own purposes. It's educational mm-hmm. and, and for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Edutainment, if you will. <laughs> We're just a couple yahoos with master's degrees, and this isn't a professional capacity. So if as you're listening to an episode, you feel that maybe you need help with your own mental health, please do contact your own doctor or a therapist. And finally, we try to stay pretty clean with this podcast, but sometimes we slip up and sometimes we just talk about weird stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> it might be not safe for work. You'd probably better listen with headphones. Hello and welcome to Freudian Sips, the podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. And hello. Welcome to. The Olympics episode. <laughs> oh, is that what we're calling it? No, yes. this is the sound effects episode, actually. It's a multitude of ideas. It's all got rolled it's a into, mishmash. All rolled into one episode. Yeah. It's so a, exciting. We've got a lot of irons in the fire today, zipsters. <laughs> what number are we on? 89. 89. Okay. And I wish that you guys could see what I'm looking at here. <laughs> I'm looking at mom across the table with <laughs> with just an array of things that make noise. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So so mom, do you have specific ideas for each noise or do you, are you just going to whenever we say something you're going to make a noise? <laughs> Well, I have a couple in mind that I know I'm going to use for certain things, but then I have a couple that I'm not sure. I have two things that I'm not sure what words, okay. you know. I, so, because well, we talked last time about having sounds, we'll probably only do this once, Sipster, so don't freak out. Don't be like, oh my God, I can't listen anymore. This is too weird. Or maybe unless, not. Maybe unless you be, like it. And, and then, yeah, if you send us messages like that, it's so cool. That's then great. Like, yeah. yeah. Any kind of positive reinforcement, we will do it. <laughs> Honestly, that is true. <laughs> It doesn't take one much. person going, hey, I liked that. And we're like, cool, doing it forever. <laughs> Just one person saying, eh, that was okay. <laughs> yeah. And we'd be like, actually, yeah. that sucked. And then we we uh, stop the podcast forever. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we don't something. take criticism well. No. We love positive reinforcement. We do not take criticism well. Both sides of the coin there. Are you hot? I'm taking my jacket off. You're trapped, aren't I'm you? Trapped. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of like when you were little and you'd have a turtleneck on. <laughs> You have to take it off like a little kid. (laughs) (laughs) Sipsters, when Anna was little, she did not like turtlenecks. I um, I still don't. And I thought they were so cute, especially like a turtleneck under like bib overalls. I'm talking like between three and six in that age range and i would i didn't have any control over i would buy these cute little outfits with bib overalls and a turtle pink turtleneck or a white turtleneck and put it on her and she would just look so cute (laughs) and she would stand there for like 30 seconds and then she would grab the turtleneck with both of her hands and pull it apart i didn't like the feeling of my neck being constricted (laughs) i still don't i know you have trauma over it now, don't you? <laughs> it's my turtle trauma. I had Walmart anxiety today. That just means I go into Walmart and have anxiety. I think that's kind of universal. When I go into Walmart, <laughs> my heart rate like doubles immediately. Like it is a visceral response. My fight or flight mode gets activated. I wonder why that is because I kind of have that same thing. It's too much. Oh. There's everything. <laughs> And I don't like it. And there's lots of people. There are lots of people. And they're very unique people. And the lights are really bright. Yeah, that's it's a harsh environment. Mm-hmm. When I went in today, I was like going in and the guy in front of me stopped to get like a sanitizing wipe for his cart, which was fine, but I wanted to keep moving because I have to keep moving like a shark or else I'll die <laughs> when I'm in Walmart. And so I kept like, I like tried to like go around him, but there was like a worker right behind me. So I ended up like just bowling into her and I was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I've been here for three seconds and I've already, <laughs> already messed up. Oh, I need, I need to get out of here. But I stayed. 
Bought some stuff. You faced your fears. I faced my fears. I breathed. That's good resilience, Hannah. Thanks. Wow. What a word, mom. <laughs> Can we, do you, is that your cue that Anna's, that Anna's told too many per- personal <laughs> anecdotes? So we should, you know, I was like reinforcing the- <laughs> you for being resilient. It's like the hook that they use when you. <laughs> so mom, I guess, what are we talking about today? Resilience. Yes. And what, what made us want to talk about this? Well, you know how I am about feeling a little self-conscious about people might listen to episodes like 10 years from now. Yes. So I always I have know. to kind of date things. So as we are recording this episode, the Summer Olympics... The 2020 tw- Olympics are on. Right. This even is though 2021. It, even though we're in 2021, it's the 2020 Olympics. Don't get confused like I did when the TV said 2020 Olympics. They were like, hey, we already made all these signs. I know. All these <laughs> graphics. We're, we're not all, changing it. Everybody had their shirts printed. We are going to stay with it. So, yeah. What they should have done is just done it in 2021 and like it redid all the graphics and everything. And then every Olympics would be four years from it, now. It, so it would like, just mess up the entire Olympics. Olympic no, schedule. now we're in odd years. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the Olympics are going on right now, and there has been quite the scuttlebutt. A stir. A stir, yes. A social stir. A social stir. There's been a couple, actually. Have there? I am so not Yeah, because there the was Olympics. the one about the girls who didn't want to wear oh, the beach, uh, the, the, like the bikini, bikini bottoms, and pink offered to pay their fine because they wanted to... They, they just wanted to wear sh- They wanted to cover went, their bottoms, yeah. Which, they, I did, I read the rule. The rule was like, your bottoms can't go more than like 10 centimeters or some ridiculous number. I don't know. That's, that's not a lot. For all you Americans who don't go by metric, that's not a lot. <laughs> They wanted to wear bigger bottoms, yes, right? Yes, they wanted to wear they longer to cover shorts. their bottoms, yeah. Yeah, because I have never understood how athletes can focus on the game that they're playing when their bottoms are hanging out. I just think that would be uncomfortable. <laughs> but anyway, so that was one of the stirs. But okay. I would say the biggest, there's been several. There's been the, several. The biggest one is the one about Simone. Simone Biles. So we're going to incorporate that. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Yes. But let first, you use the word resilience, what is resilience, mom? Um, resilience is being able to bounce back, to yeah. come back after something. I noticed that one of the words they used a lot in conjunction with it as I was doing reading is, which I thought was kind of funny, is hardy. Hardiness. Hardiness. Which kind of made me feel like my generation. That sounds like my generation word. Hardiness. You know, you're you're hardy. You're a hardy Nothing stock. gets you down. Yeah. So the idea is that we are able to come back and go through hard times and bounce back from it mm-hmm. and and even maybe sometimes get stronger because of it but right, at the very least be able to survive it and move on yes i saw it called a psychological immune system Ooh, i like mm-hmm. that yeah the psychology definition that i saw was the process of adapting well in the face of adversity trauma tragedy threats or significant sources of stress mm. And, you know, we've been going through one of those for about two years now. Exactly. (laughs) So we're all in kind of a a trauma Mm -hmm. state at this point. And actually, I had told Anna that a couple of weeks ago, I thought I had seen an article about resilience because of the pandemic. That was Mm -hmm. what the article Mm -hmm. was about. And at that time, I thought we should do an episode on resilience. But then when this whole issue with Simone Biles came up, it just fits together so well. So we thought we would kind of put it all together and spotlight her specifically for a couple of reasons. Yes. Uh, But then also talk about how we all can be resilient and what that means to be resilient. So we will do that in our episode about resilience about resilience i thought about doing a sound effect for that <laughs> well, but i thought we'll say that word like a hundred times that's really true and it yeah, might be like that. too much sound it's, yeah it's good to keep it sparing right but we do have to so like if you have resilience in your life wait i gotta get ready no, wait 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 <laughs> okay yeah if you have resilience in your life it's easier to find your balance can you hear it <laughs> yes <laughs> That's balance, sipsters. She's got a little chimey chimes. See, the last time we did an episode, in case you didn't listen to the last episode and you're like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, or if you listen to the last episode and you're like, and what, you're the like what, the the <laughs> what the hell are they doing? What the hell are they ever doing? Who gives them these Who ideas? Who are these people? Why are they doing what they're doing? 
Welcome to Freudian Sips. We talked about having a sound effect for some of the words that we use a lot, like balance. That was a good one. Was that a good one? That was a good one. Mm. All right. (laughs) So mom has got the sound effects over on her side of the table. That is not... That's probably not a wise choice. I'd like to clarify... I am not doing this. This is not my my fault. (laughs) This is not mine. I'm not claiming this. (laughs) I'm weird. I know. I'm (laughs) self-aware. Wow. Okay. That's my self-aware Okay. Okay. If you're you're keeping score at home, we've got got balance and we've got (laughs) self-awareness. We should really be very intoxicated for this one. I was going to say, I'm way too sober for this. We take some shots. We've got some whiskey somewhere. We should have a sound effects for taking a shot. <laughs> We're taking a shot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Should we start with Simone? Because yeah. 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 So, okay. Yes. So let's, let's go into, I'm going to do a bit of a biography, but it's the first biography, a historic first on Freudian Sips. This is not a psychologist I'm doing a biography on. Oh. I'm going to talk about Simone Biles. Okay. A Simone bio, if you will. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. That was terrible. Listen. I know. I try. Simone. <laughs> So Simone was born on March 14th, 1997 in Columbus, Ohio. She was the third of four siblings. Um, Actually, all four siblings went in and out of foster care until 2000 when uh, Simone's maternal grandfather, Ron, and his second wife, Nellie, took the children in. And in 2003, the couple adopted Simone and her younger sister, while the older two were adopted by Ron's sister, Harriet. Mm. Uh, Simone holds Belizean citizenship through her adopted mother and refers to Belize as her second home, which I thought was cool. That is cool. Yeah. So skipping ahead in 2012, so she was 15, uh, she made the choice to switch from public school to homeschool so she could increase her her training in gymnastics from approximately 20 hours to about 32 hours a week. Oh my gosh. It's a, full, it's a, it's a part-time job at yeah, least. Yeah, at least. At least, yeah. yes. But she graduated, she, she committed to UCLA, uh, but then deferred her enrollment until after the 2016 Olympics, which I will talk about. But then sure, she went, she went to ucla i don't i don't this part was confusing so what's nc i thought nca was like the college sport thing i thought it was too national college athlete oh that's what the c stands for okay it says like she forfeited her ncaa eligibility to compete for ucla but wouldn't that be part of the hey sipsters this is gonna pop up a lot i don't know anything about sports I have no knowledge about anything sports related, so there's going to be a lot of guesswork here. Okay? Okay. Mom, are you going to look it up? Yeah, it might take me longer than it takes you, though. <laughs> Go on. Okay. But that's, okay, that's whatever. So school's happening. That's fine. But let's focus on the gymnastics part of Simone's life because that's been a significant part important. of her life. Yeah. So she first tried gymnastics at the age of six when she was at a day camp. And the instructor suggested that she continue on. So she did. She started a training program at like a gymnastics like school, like a program, and then got her own coach at age eight. And here's where my knowledge of specifically gymnastics uh, starts to break down. Because it says she began her elite career at age 14. Elite does seem to be like a term within gymnastics or within competing or something. It was listed as like pre-elite. NCAA is National Collegiate Athletic Association. Okay. So why is that not in UCLA? I don't. Is it because it's a university? Jeez, I don't know. Would college <laughs> and university be different? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> well, we'll, whatever. This is why we're therapists yeah. <laughs> who care about <laughs> psychology and not coaches. Yep. That's what we are. <laughs> yeah. But at 14, at the beginning of her elite career, Uh, She went to the American Classic in Houston and placed third all around, first on vault and balance beam, fourth on floor exercise, and eighth on uneven bars. She competed in Chicago later that month, did a little bit worse, but I mean, her very first competition when she was 14, she placed really well. I mean, she just she just has a natural talent. But these performances secured her a spot to compete at the 2012 USA Gymnastics National Championship. Um, so in 2012, she competed in the U.S. Classic in Chicago, where she finished first all around and on vault, wow. second on floor exercise, sixth on balance beam. And then in June, her second 
appearance at the U.S. National Championships in St. Louis, where uh, she finished third all around, first on vault, and sixth on uneven bars, balance beam, and floor exercise. Hmm. And after this, she was named to the U.S. Junior National Team. So all that. <laughs> okay, so we've got elite. Okay, we've got pre-elite. We've got elite. Elite means an athlete in the women's program defined as any international level gymnast who starts the first optional event at a classic competition. So they're like in the international okay, now. Okay, the bracket. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so within elite, there's junior and senior. Right. So all that that I just listed was junior. Mm-hmm. But her senior debut was in March 2013. So keep in mind, she's only 16 at this point. Mm-hmm. That's young. This is small. Yeah, when she we first started seeing her, like, big time, she was just a baby. Well, her first Olympics, she was 20. Yeah. She's only 24 now. Yeah. So in March, uh, she got second. Her, her teammate placed first. But the reason she got second was because she had a fall off the, off the balance beam. Mm. And in July of the same year, she competed at the 2013 U.S. Classic, where she actually performed kind of poorly. She failed several times. She did not even compete in the vault because she twisted her ankle on the floor exercise. Oh and after this, she consulted a sports psychologist. And she credits the sports psychologist with, help, with helping with her anxiety, with her confidence issues, and... Uh, she said it kind of allowed her to begin her streak of just really just dominating, mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. just really doing well. And indeed, she competed in the 2013 USA Gymnastics National Championship in August, where she was crowned the national all-around champion. And uh, she won silver on all four individual events. So, okay, so that in mind, so that was kind of a big thing that kind of got her started into just really doing well. And, and I'm going to skip most of this because it would be kind of repetitive Mm -hmm. i would just be like she 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 got first she She did did amazing she's Mm -hmm. awesome i love her so let's skip to the 2016 olympics in rio so august 9th 2016 simone won her first olympic gold medal in the gymnastics team event and she went on to win gold in all around vault and exercise and then bronze in balance beam that's fabulous (laughs) i mean that's listen I don't know much about Olympics, but that sounds real good. That's a lot of gold, baby. With uh, four Olympic gold medals. So she got Olympic in the team, or gold in the team, and then three gold in individual. So she has four Olympic gold medals. So with that, she set an American record for most gold medals in women's gymnastics at a single games. Wow. And equaled a number of other records with her medals won in Rio. She's like the most decorated, what do I say? She is the gymnast with the most world medals, 25, and the most world gold medals, 19. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And she's 24. <laughs> I have a question that's bubbling to my brain, but I'm going to wait because I know you're going to address it. So I'm biting my tongue over here. Okay. Okay. I don't know that I'll address it. So keep it on your tongue. <laughs> I have a, I have a pin, like you always say. Okay. <laughs> Put a pin in it. Put a yeah. pin in it. Yeah. She did not compete in 2017 because get that rest, girl, self-care. She just, after winning all those things, she deserved a break. But she wasn't actually- Oh, wait, wait, wait. What? Self-care. Oh. Okay. Sipsters, what do you think that noise was? Hey, Mm. Sipsters, what do you think? That's self-care. That's that's what self-care sounds like, guys. I don't know why. Okay. Okay. Thank you. It's a slinky is the answer. (laughs) Mom is- (laughs) Waving a slinky at her microphone. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we've been reduced to on Freudian Sips. Mom waving a slinky at the microphone. (laughs) We need more alcohol. Absolutely, we do. (laughs) So so after the 2016 games, Simone co-wrote an autobiography uh, with um, a journalist, Michelle Burford, and it's called Courage to Soar, A Body in Motion, A Life in Balance. Oh, I look. I looked at you, expecting to, you to jump on that, and you were just like, "Yeah." Not a thought behind those eyes. It's been a long time since I've been on stage crew. Those sound cues can be a bummer, man. Oh, you just about pee yourself when you realize you missed one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I was supposed that, to ring the doorbell that, there. Oh, you heard is a very visceral noise for anyone who's ever worked in theater. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so nice. about about the autobiography, uh, Simone said, <laughs> I w- "Thanks for not saying the title again." <laughs> The autobiography is what we'll hear. Henceforth, <laughs> thank call you, it. Thank you. I want people to reach for their dreams, and there are so many people who have inspired me with their love and encouragement along the way, and I want to pass on that inspiration to readers. Oh, Yeah. The book nice. hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list, uh, the young adult list, the week of January 8th, 2017, and was turned into a lifetime biopic. Biopic? Mm, cool. Is that how you say that word? Mm, biopic. Biopic is how I always say it. But, but I've I've had bio. people make yeah I've had yeah. people make fun of me because it's a bio picture. Okay, whatever. But biopic sounds weird. It does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wrong does not always make it wrong. right. It's wrong. It sounds <laughs> wrong right to my ear holes. Wrong. Okay. okay? Yes. But she has a lifetime movie about her. That's kind of cool. That's very cool. Yeah. She competed on season twenty four. This is all in her year of not competing in the Olympics. Not only the Olympics, but like in world gym, championships yeah, in yeah, general. Yeah. Uh, she competed on season 24 of Dancing with the Stars. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. So I, I guess her Rio teammate, Lori Hernandez, won in season 23. Oh. And so everyone kind of thought she would win too. She was paired with a professional dancer and they were eliminated one week before the finals. They got oh. fourth place. Oh, man. So close. But hey, still pretty good. It's very good. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So in the next year, 2018, she competed in the U.S. Classic in July. She won the all-around title and the gold medal on floor and balance beam and recorded the highest single vault score. Wow. Um, her all-around score became the highest score recorded under the 2017 to 2020 code of points, despite a fall on the uneven bars and an out-of-bounds penalty on the floor exercise. So even when she's like, Messing up. She's She's setting records. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. But she showed numerous upgrades from her routines from the 2016 games, including a Fabricnova, which is a double twisting, double back dismount, of course, (laughs) and a Van Leeuwen on the uneven bars, of course. We all know what that means. And a Moors, which is a double twisting, double layout on the floor exercise. Of course, the Moors. Yes. Yes. We all know what all those mean. <laughs> of course, we're all good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so again, I'm going to skip a lot of details for her competition seasons here because, again, it would be a lot of repetition. Just me talking about how great she is, <laughs> kicking ass, taking names. Mm-hmm. Uh, one highlight, however, is on May 2021, which is before the 2020 Olympics. Don't get a twist. Yeah, that's really confusing. <laughs> confusing. But yeah. In May 2021 at the U.S. Classic, she debuted a Yurchenko double pike vault, which no woman had ever completed before, on her way to another U.S. Classic all-around title. And the new vault was given a preliminary value of 6.6, which doesn't seem super high, but it makes it the highest valued vault in women's gymnastics. Wow. Is that the one you were talking about where they like valued it lower than they should have? Not if it was in 2021, unless it was valued before that. Because there was kind of a scandal, and Sipsters, maybe you remember this, that I want to say it was 2019, where they had this kind of scandal about how they were valuing Simone's, a couple of her moves much lower than many people, including Simone, thought they should be valued. Mm-hmm. They like value them at a certain number of points or letters 6. or whatever. 6.6 is yeah. apparently whatever a high the, score, sure, sure. And um, they said they did it be, to protect other gymnasts because they didn't want other gymnasts to say, oh, I'm going to go for that really hard move and get a whole bunch of points and then hurt themselves. So in other words, they were devaluing the moves to discourage people from doing something to hurt themselves. And so everybody was like, what? Okay, wait so a they minute. So they were basically wait a punishing her. They were punishing her, but also, listen, if I'm a gymnast, and we all know I'm not, we all just heard me say those gymnast <laughs> words. I'm not. But Anna is self-aware. <laughs> through that oh so if it's lower if it's value lower wouldn't that make more people want to go for it no because they want to they want to get a lot of points so they go for the moves that give them a lot of points and so they'd be trying these things that they couldn't do because only simone could do it because she is sure why didn't they discourage her from doing it well i guess in a way they kind of did by not giving her as many points but she said i'm gonna do it anyway i love that they have named moves after her do you have that in your little story no. She has like four moves. That's not the right word for it. Moves. <laughs> tricks. What tricks. is it? <laughs> the little spinny flips? <laughs> little gymnastic Little bouncy bounces. Tricks. Spinny flips. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chuck and Rolls? <laughs> All those things. <laughs> yeah, there's like four, at least four, that are named something about Biles. They're actually named after her because she created them. That's really cool. I saw she's like, had a couple things named like, and one one thing that I didn't mention was because she wasn't actually involved in it. I don't think, but like a youth gymnastics like competition, they mm-hmm. had like teams and they named the teams after like famous gymnasts oh. um, and stuff like that. So her team got the gold, <laughs> like oh, the team that was named awesome. Biles. Yeah, that's really awesome. I saw an interview with her. I think it was from a while back, but it might have been recent. I don't know because I was kind of deep diving on her, and there was. An interview where she was saying whenever I hear them use one of the name of one of the moves that are named after me she said I just she said I just feel really strange and excited and, and like that's I gotta be surreal yeah wouldn't that be yeah especially at a young age you absolutely know. yeah she's amazing she is she's amazing for several reasons so I want to hop over to a highlight that includes her being a badass for an entirely different reason mm-hmm. uh, on January 18th 2018 Simone released a statement on Twitter confirming that former USA gymnastics physician Larry Nasser had sexually assaulted her this I, I believe was in a time when a lot of people were coming out about Nasser's assault um, mm-hmm. I mean he assaulted Tons of people. For years and years. Years and years. Because he was the official physician for the USA Gymnastics. And she also named the USA Gymnastics for having like a role in allowing the abuse to continue for uh, covering it up. I I mean, she was calling people out. Mm -hmm. So the court hearings. So this statement was on the 18th. The court hearings were January 16th to January 24th in 2018. So she made the statement in the middle of the court hearings, but didn't attend the court hearings. And the reason why, she said she wasn't emotionally ready to face Larry Nasser again. Mm. In May 2018, it was announced that Simone and other survivors would be awarded the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. Wow. And at the 2018 U.S. National Championships, Simone designed and wore a teal leotard that she said was meant to honor the survivors of Nasser's abuse. And it was kind of a statement of unification of solidarity and stuff like that but i think that that is such a huge mark of resilience Mm -hmm. and and even like not attending the court hearings i I think people who are less informed about trauma might see that and say well if you were strong you would like go face your abuser you would go to the court hearings and and everything but this is someone saying no actually i know i'm not ready i know this would be re-traumatizing me i know Mm -hmm. it would be worse for my mental health so i'm not going to do that to myself and that's really what Simone is saying, like, and, and I'll, I'm going to talk about the 2020 Olympics next, but this kind of is a theme with Simone. She's saying, like, I am doing this stuff for me and not for all these other people. Right. And that's huge. That's a huge mark of it resilience. Is huge. It is huge. And there's so much in that because one of the things that we talk about a lot in therapy with people is that we shouldn't, and I'm using that word carefully, we shouldn't live by other people's expectations. Now, it's okay to be somewhat, you know, like to try to live up to something, or but, but when it controls your life, when the shoulds mm-hmm. control your life, like I should do this and I shouldn't do that, just because everybody else is expecting you to live a certain way i mean that's a huge thing in therapy for a lot of people absolutely so when when someone like this who's so in the limelight so to speak actually stands up for you know you got to take care of yourself you have to make sure that you're Mm -hmm. doing what's best for yourself that brings me to my pin though and that was a question about i wonder what the timing was with when she met with a psychologist and got so boosted up. I wonder if she was being abused at that time or if she had been formerly or I wonder how that played in in her So the psychologist was in 2013. I don't know when that that was 3 years before she was in the first Olympic games that she competed in. So she probably wasn't yet being uh, sexually I don't know. Abused. I wouldn't assume so, but I don't. And I, if I had it in my notes when she qualified for the Olympics, maybe I'd have a better mm-hmm. idea. But I don't imagine it would have been that far ahead. I don't know, though. But that's even yet another sign of resilience that she was going through abuse and still mm-hmm. performing. And oh, yeah. still able to do those great things, even though she was bearing that. Right. That trauma. That's amazing. Okay, should we talk about the 2020 Olympics? Yes, which All is right. actually in 2021. Which is now. is happening now <laughs> in 2021. Everyone clear? We're all clear? Great. So 
In the 2020 Summer Olympics, Simone performed the all-around during qualifications. She helped the U.S. qualify uh, to the team final in second place behind the Russia Olympic Committee team, the ROC team. But during the competition, she had a few mishaps. She bounced entirely off the floor, landing one of her tumbling passes. She stepped a foot on the landing mat during her Chang vault. Everyone knows what that is. (laughs) (laughs) She took several large stumbles on her balance beam dismount. These all... These are all listed as very bad mistakes, but whatever. (laughs) Um, But again, despite these mistakes, she was still qualified to do the all-around final. Oh, she still qualified to the all-around final in first place. Mm -hmm. And she qualified in first place to the vault final, advanced to the floor exercise final in second, qualified to the balance beam and on even bars finals. Uh, She was the only athlete to qualify to all individual finals. Mm -hmm. And that's even with the mistakes. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. I love her. Simone, if you're listening, Simone, do you listen Simone. to the show? Hey, do you listen to the show, Simone? You're great. <laughs> okay. Following the qualifications performances, she even said on Instagram that she was, quote, feeling the weight of the world on her shoulders mm-hmm. and that she felt affected by the pressure of the Olympics. So she is pretty continuously open about her own mental health, uh, about how the pressure affects her. And that's totally understandable i mean can you imagine the pressure of the olympics i can't i can't I, you and i have talked about just the pressure uh that's on those athletes that their whole life they've trained for that and then in one day what if you just didn't feel good that day what i can't you- handle the pressure of going into walmart <laughs> like, i couldn't handle the pressure of playing kickball <laughs> in grade school i would stand in the outfield and pray that the ball did not come to me <laughs> I think I would stand in the outfield and other people would pray the ball didn't come to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can't, I cannot even imagine the pressure she is under. Right. So, so, but again, she's been open about that. She's, she doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't shy away from saying this is really intense. And then during the uh, warm-ups for the first rotation of the team final, mm-hmm. uh, Simone, they used the word balked. That's a thing, right? Balked, balked at something. Yeah. I don't want to do it, yeah. No, it's like when you mess up. Oh, balked? Yeah. She balked on her Aminar vault midair, which everyone knows what that is, yes. <laughs> she performed 1.5 twists instead of the expected 2.5. Oh, right. So she said, I'm not going to do it. Like, instead of doing what she was going to do, she said, I'm not going to do it. Like, in the middle of it, she decided she couldn't do her original. So that's balking. Yeah, like when you, you're going to do something, but you go, no, I'm not going to do it. That's balking. I know. Yes, yes. Like, I can't think of a good example now, but it's like... Hesitate. You pull back. Pull back, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to way say it. That's saying I'm not going to do it. Okay. I pull back. Yeah, because I don't know that it's conscious is the is the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she was like, I'm going to do 1.5 twists instead of 2.5. Well, I think it was it conscious was like a, oh, when shit, she was in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so so yeah. But she, she did this again. She, like, she repeated that in the competition. Mm. So that was during the warm-ups that she did 1.5 instead of 2.5. But then in the actual competition, she did the same thing. She so she the, had some kind of psychological block about that then, yes. you know, because she knew that... She yeah. did the 1.5 twist with a large lunge and near fall on the landing. So she subsequently left the competition floor and withdrew from the rest of the team competition she said it was mental health reasons uh she later said that she was inspired by a fellow female olympian uh, naomi osaka who withdrew from the french open and wimbledon earlier this year for uh similar reasons and actually i was i was going to talk a little bit about naomi osaka i don't think i have time but but she was like like she i have a time magazine you know sitting in my car Mm -hmm. with her on the cover about basically this like you know how the olympics affects your health how it affects your mental health how that stuff so she's been very open so naomi osaka is another person who is kind of doing the same thing as simone biles and just being open about how this pressure affects her Mm -hmm. but the u.s team went on to win the silver medal um behind the roc athletes then later simone withdrew from the finals of the individual all-around competition again citing mental health concerns and she had a medical evaluation then she also withdrew from the vault and the uneven bars finals what she said was she was experiencing something called the twisties, which is a psychological phenomenon causing a gymnast to lose air awareness while performing twisting elements. Oh. Um, so it's really closely related to the yips. <laughs> if you've ever heard of the yips, um, it's another sports psychology thing where you kind of, it, it, it's bulking basically when you're- Is the yips, is that like an acronym? Or no. it just, oh, it's, it's just called a, the yips? It's just called the yips. Okay. 
So when you are doing a thing that you're really good at and really trained at and like is really kind of mechanical for you and then all of a sudden you just can't. So when I was doing research for this episode, Nathan heard me say yips and then was like, I can tell you about every baseball person who's heard the yips. And I was like, well, I probably won't list those, but there's a lot of baseball people who have like like pitchers and stuff who suddenly sure. just can't like can't pitch right, like right. throwing wild pitches all over like when a golfer suddenly can't sink a putt Yips. yeah Yips. i um, like that yeah but the twisties are a specific like gymnast yips basically mm-hmm. and it even said like when someone's experiencing the twisties like it, it's kind of like in a mid-air out of body experience it sounds terrifying i think it's terrifying to think about doing <laughs> the things even she does fully in aware <laughs> like being in the air just like flipping, flipping around and twisting I just can't even so get my fast. I can't even get my mind around I it. know I mean when I was a I kid know. you know we would do flips like one flip like on the trampoline and stuff yeah well well or like in acrobats we would do front flips and back flips like on the oh, floor yeah yeah but I mean that was scary as hell you know one little <laughs> flip they go Being so high and so fast and, like, and do yeah. so many so many flippies yeah that's too many flippies <laughs> I think. Too many twisties and flippies. Too many, too, too many twisties and flippies, <laughs> says Anna, who is not a gymnast. <laughs> Cannot stress that enough. But yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at with that's that's pretty. That's this is the most up to date history I've ever done. At this moment, this is, we this are we the are date. the last. This was July thirtieth. We are recording this on July thirty first. So yeah, she is uh, she is actively like ha- has withdrawn because she is experiencing this thing where when you're in the air, you just kind of lose it. Twisties. Yeah. So I'm glad she's not because because if you land wrong in one of those, you like die. You can die. Right. And if you've been following some of the social media and stuff about about her, um, I'm sure that you've read both the positive and the negative or seen the positive and negative. But there have been examples People have of- really got their panties and speaking in of twisties twist. about it <laughs> panties and a panties twisty. and a twisties <laughs> but there have been examples of other uh gymnasts yeah. who have performed when they were not able to and they really didn't want to and and serious injury mm-hmm. serious injury happened to them because yeah. they performed when they really they knew they shouldn't but their coaches or whomever you know really pushed them to and and then they they were injured yeah in the uh kind of the discourse around Simone Biles I saw someone who had posted about Carrie Strug yeah. who was I don't know when she was several years ago I mean was it like even the 80s maybe or 90s yeah that sounds right um but she was like a 17 year old who was doing the gymnastics and she landed wrong I don't know if she like actively broke her leg or like she injured herself mm-hmm. and then looked and, and I think like, it actually was a break that she make, actually had th- a break. I think that's it sounded pretty bad mm-hmm. but then like the guy who was posting about it says that like when she looked at her coach like even on the videos you can like see the fear in her eyes mm-hmm. and he's, he's talking about like this is a scared kid Mm-hmm. who was looking at the adult who was responsible for her. And the adult was saying, like, walk it off. Mm-hmm. Like, you're fine. Keep going. And then she had to retire when she was 18 because she, like, broke Damaged her body. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, there is – and that is kind of something that we – that's something that mentally I have talked about with a lot of clients about, like, okay, if you drive yourself into, your, into the ground, your body is going to tell you when you've had enough. Mm-hmm. And so part of resilience is knowing your limits so right. you don't get driven into the ground and get burnt out. Exactly. Exactly. One of the commentaries that I saw from Simone uh, as she was talking about her mental health right now with what's going on, she talked about just how stressful this whole thing has been that, you know, they were prepared. Think about it. You know, we all have had things that through the pandemic, we couldn't do certain things. And some things were pretty traumatic, very traumatic, as a matter of fact. And other things were just inconvenient, but yet they've weighed on us. So these athletes were prepared to do the Olympics in 2020. And they were all set to go. Mm -hmm. And then to say, oh, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Okay, now we're going to do it. And then they had to do it with no audience, basically. Yeah, that's always weird. And she she commented on how you get energy from the people. You feed off of that. And so you're in this, It, you know, I'm sure, I don't know exactly how it would feel, but I would think it would be kind of like a an eerie, a very eerie feeling of yeah. being in this big empty space. And yeah. even though there's a lot of pressure from the fans, 
it's more of a positive pressure. I would think that big emptiness would be kind of engulfing and yeah. feel alone and feel traumatized, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that was contributing to the, the twisties, yips thing. Absolutely. Like yeah. a, just a disorientation yeah, kind of feeling. Yeah, it just feels wrong. Yeah. But I even read that like when they said that she was going to compete in the 2020 Olympics, like she was one of the first people who who was like, well, like her spokespeople were like, eh, she's not gonna, she's not gonna go because of the COVID thing. And then like a few days later, the Olympics got canceled or moved or whatever. Uh, so so she even, like, before they got canceled themselves, she said that she wasn't going to participate because of the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty traumatic for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. But mm-hmm. Anne and I have had a couple conversations about how angry it makes us when we hear people making negative comments about how she's a quitter and how she, you know, should have pulled through. And quite frankly, you know, Especially speaking as from my generation, which is a different generation than Anna's, we were very much taught, you know, you you go, you just push, you push, you push, yeah. which is the struggles thing. That's that you push, you push, yeah. you push, you don't give up. And and I still firmly believe in indomitable spirit, well, sure. and I believe that you do everything you can to get through. But I also am in my age have come to realize that you can be resilient to fight another day if once in a while you say this is not the day to give yourself a break yeah 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 and we have part of resilience is picking your battles we have to respect other people's choices about their own lives Mm -hmm. and i think that's the bottom line for me who are we to say who is anyone to say to simone or anybody else when they say i don't want to do this right now for my own mental health who has the right to say yeah these people watching the olympics are like but i want to see you break your leg (laughs) i want to see you break your neck on a bad flip that's awful (laughs) that's horrible and that is and that's what i was saying earlier that like simone is being i think very brave in saying like actually i know you guys are all watching me but i'm doing this for me i'm taking care of myself that Mm -hmm. takes balls of steel exactly to say no actually i'm gonna not do this because i know that that this is not going to be good for me. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's that takes a way more strength than these friggin' <laughs> armchair sports psychologists <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. So we can look at at Simone and we can see her resilience and we can see her ability to bounce back after mm-hmm. hard things. And we'll see we'll see more more of her, I'm sure, oh, because she's she's going to take care of herself. So let's shift the focus and think about our own resilience and how people and we all know people who who we've seen them go through terrible trauma, horrible things, and yet they come out the other side. And that doesn't mean that you don't feel it, or it doesn't mean you're not affected by it, but you just, you come through it, you bounce back. So I'm going to just kind of quote a couple of different authors who have talked about resilience. There's actually a website or it, I guess it's a, it's a <laughs> Mom, blog. there's lots of websites. There's one website. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Don't give me crap. <laughs> I was trying to think of something, I don't know, creative to say there. Can one of your sound effects okay. be a bullying sound effect? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I really wanted to have some kind of a buzzer for like a womp negative. Womp. Yeah. Womp womp. Yeah. I'll come up with more. Don't worry. This <laughs> is just the beginning. <laughs> this is just the beginning. Oh okay. my God. So, so let's first talk about just a general look at resilience that there's an author named Jeannie Joseph. She has a blog called Act Resilient. It's kind of an ongoing thing. She works with, she's actually a communications expert. Like she does movies and stuff. Her, oh, cool. her degrees are in communications, but um, she's a movie person and she lives in Hawaii. So that's got to be good. Um, but she worked, somehow she got into working with military people who have either PTSD or at least in the very least are under the stress of being in the military. And she works with them about being resilient. Awesome. Um, especially with PTSD. So she says there's basically three types of resilience. So the first one's called natural resilience, which we all have. As humans, we're born to survive. We have that survival instinct. And granted, we all kind of have different levels of that. Mm -hmm. But basically, we all have a natural instinct to have resilience. She says children under the age of seven, unless they've had trauma, are very resilient. Like up to about seven. And then life kind of starts to beat them up a little bit, you know. But unless they've had significant trauma, kids are the ones we can look to for resilience, you know and they're like yeah that's, I have a- that's when like a four-year-old is just like running full speed and then they just like <laughs> biff it 
And then they get up and keep running. Exactly. (laughs) It's like made of rubber. They're just okay. So natural resilience is what you were born with. And then there's adaptive resilience. And that's you've been through stuff and you've learned and you've learned how you can survive it. It's kind of like that trial by fire thing. It's It becomes part of your character, Hmm. your ability to be resilient. And then the third kind is called restored resilience. And that's like we've been mindful. Uh Uh-oh. <laughs> oh God! That's mindful. <laughs> this is mindfulness. Oh, so mindfulness. Loud. Oh, it's so loud. Is that loud even over there? Uh, do it quiet. Yeah, like that. oh, like that. Gentle, gentle little, it's gentle hard. little tambourine. That's mindfulness. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Restored resilience is when you learn how to. Now you have to set adapt. the tambourine down. How are you going to do that? Wow! Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> So we kind of start years and years of practice with tambourines. (laughs) What does that say about my mom? When I was a kid, I wanted to be Davy Jones' girlfriend. (laughs) Davy Jones, by the way, for all of you young sisters, was one of the monkeys, which for all you young sisters was kind of... Kind of like the Beatles, except on a way lower. They were like Backstreet Boys <laughs> for Mom's generation. Yeah, Davy Jones was hot. <laughs> Let me tell you, he was short, he was cute, and he played the tambourine because he had no musical ability. <laughs> he didn't have to have musical ability because he had an English accent he and he hot. was hot. So yeah, <laughs> very cute little guy. Okay. <laughs> So we all have those kinds of resilience. An author by the name of Dr. Kenneth Ginsberg, he's actually a pediatrician at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, but he has written a book about resilience and he does all kinds of workshops on it. And even though this is specifically about children and teens, I think we could generalize it for all of us. He says there's seven C's of resilience. And so he focuses on how to help our children to grow up to be resilient, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. We should do that. We should definitely do that. But if you're already an adult sipster, which you should be if you're listening to this podcast because we say in the beginning, "Hey babies, go to bed." <laughs> babies, this is not for babies, you. Babies not for you. Can I guess some of the C's? Please do. Give me a C. Cookies? Oh, that is such a good C, <laughs> but that's not correct. But good guess, good guess. Okay. Cannabis? Cannabis? <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> Canteens full of liquor. <laughs> Keep uh, trying, baby. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, coronavirus. No, definitely, definitely not. not. Although, Although that, that is, I think has given us some. We resilience. have built some resilience through it. Yeah, that's one of those times where you build resilience through a hard thing. Okay. So it's adaptive resilience. Okay. Cockatiels. <sighs> no. Okay. Um. I'm running out. Of, I'm running out of c words. There's some I can't say on the podcast. I was gonna say I was thinking of a movie the where they were C trying word. they were trying to guess a c word and they were coming up with all kinds of weird words. Okay, no. what are the Can, seven? Should I just give you the yeah, seven please. C's? I, am out of I do think cookies should be on there and maybe cannabis as well, but <laughs> but it's not. Uh, so these are the seven C's that Ginsburg talks about. The first one is competence, okay, and that's that actually that you're able to accomplish things. So for a child, you believe you you can accomplish. Right. And that's one of those stages. You know, we talk about the, when we go through the stages that they have Mm -hmm. to hit a certain competence level. Right. To have that self-confidence, which is actually the second one, confidence. Okay. So competence, competence and (laughs) confidence. Okay. Holy shit. Okay. Just stretching for these two words. The third one is connection. And that's like, so having support system. It's very important. And unfortunately, when you're a child who's going through like family trauma, that one really suffers Mm. because that's your main source of connection. But if that's the source of the trauma, then you don't have that. That's a really good thing to point out. Yeah. So for our resilience, and that's why when you go to a therapist, they'll be asking you about your support system mm-hmm. because that helps you to have resilience when you have people you can lean on. So that's your connection. The fourth one is character. And that refers to like knowing what your values are, okay. knowing what you believe in. And what could maybe fall into that a little bit is is ideas like if you believe in, in if you have a higher power, kind of mm-hmm. those kind of beliefs. But it could also just be, I, I believe like that- Like your morals, your ethics. Right, right. Thank you. Who yes. you are in the dark, all that stuff. When, yeah. 
Have you ever you've ever heard who that? you are in the dark? Mm-hmm. Like it's a test of your character, uh, like what you do when no one's looking. You know, yeah, that's kind of the, the same dark. thing. Like, yeah, if you're a person of integrity, you do it even if you think no one's looking. Okay, so the fifth one is contribution, and that's like what you actually do to make the world a better place, or oh, what you do to help sure. other people. And it makes us more resilient when we are people who do help other people. Well, because I think that gives you purpose and meaning, and 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 the the meaning thing is something I saw when I was looking through the resilience stuff. Mm-hmm. Is just like if you have a purpose, you you feel like you know, and that goes with contribution. Like you know what you're contributing, you know that that's part of your meaning. Exactly. And it, sometimes in therapy, when we want someone, especially somebody who struggles with depression, one of the things that I often do is talk to them about like doing something for other people Mm -hmm. you know so that's your contribution number six is coping and that's talking about actually practicing coping skills like we teach in therapy about you know doing breathing exercises or cookies and cannabis or (laughs) would probably go under coping coping (laughs) or or oh god mindfulness is a coping skill Okay, the last one is control. And that's actually like feeling that you do have control of your life. Knowing that you make the choices, it's a very existential thing. Or being able to know what you do and don't have control over. Like one of the things, another Mm -hmm. thing that I saw with resilience a lot was talking about locus of control. I'm not sure if we've talked about that on the podcast before. I don't think so. So the locus of control basically is like where the, the, locus is a hard word because there's like, that's kind of the base definition of it right. it's like a locus is a locus uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so a locus is where it or- originates from so a locus of control is like if it's internally controlled or externally controlled that's a good way to say it so so knowing the things that you have internal control over can give you a better sense of resilience that kind of ties for me one of the things i do with a lot of my clients is we uh, we talk about the serenity prayer mm-hmm. and about you know give me the serenity when mm-hmm. i i can't con- there's things i can't control and no matter what it doesn't help to fret about it doesn't help to freak mm-hmm. out about it cuz you can't control it so those are the 7 c's and so we we build those in kids but hopefully even as adults if we're not sure about if you know we're dealing with things in a very resilient way we can look back at those seven and try to think about well where are we tripping there and where where didn't we get maybe that as a child because maybe we had trauma and it kept us from getting some of those things so that leads us to the last one that i wanted to this is from a a the website one of the websites website. This website is called Bounce Back Project, which is really a cool little website. Cool. Bounce Back Project. And on there, they list five pillars of resilience. Okay. So we've had the three types. We've had the seven C's. We have the five pillars. Oh, there's four. There's four types too that we didn't really talk about. I don't care about those. We're not not number. So we're going three, five, seven. That's correct. Five. All right. Okay. So the five pillars. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna have to get ready here. <laughs> okay, mom's getting ready. Oh, there's for a couple of them. Okay, the first one is self awareness, which we talk about all the time. It just goes on. She and on let that. She let that ring. <laughs> let freedom ring, boys. Okay. The second one is mindfulness. These are all. Did you plan this? I didn't. <laughs> is that cool or what? <laughs> It's like, you know, Jeez. I'd say it's a God thing, okay. but you know, it's a podcast. So It's a podcast thing. You the third understand. one is self-care. Jeez. <laughs> the next one I don't have anything for. The slinky for. of self-care. <laughs> the last one is positive relationships, which I don't that have a sound four. effect for. No, I'm sorry. That's four. Positive relationships. I was I was caught up on the fact that I don't have a sound effect. <laughs> I know. Should it be like a... <laughs> <laughs> positive relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss your brain. Kissing my ass. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one is kind of what you already talked about, which is purpose. Oh, yeah. Purpose. And so that would include... Which do, I mean, that like positive relationships is connection and then purpose would go to contribution. So they they do match up. They do kind of match up. Yeah, that, that idea of purpose, and we talk about existentialism a lot, that a big part of purpose is believing that you are part of something bigger and that you are important in that something bigger. Mm-hmm. So whether it's it's you know your spirituality and you you believe that you know you you've been called by God to do certain things, whether you believe you're uh, it's very important to be part of a community and and it's important that you fit into that community and takes a village mm-hmm. to raise a child kind of thing, whatever that is that gives you purpose, that helps you with your resilience because it it tells you yes you're going to make oh sorry. 
I was balanced there for a minute. <laughs> Motioning too hard. So many sound effects. <laughs> I can't use my hands like I usually do. <laughs> but all of that are ways that, that, that we can continue to build our resilience. Because honestly, what happens uh, for some of us, I think, is what we talk about a lot about therapy, that if trauma happens or bad things happen and we spiral downward, we let things, and you know, that that could have happened with Simone. You know, she mm-hmm. could have had those twisties and been losing those points and she could have gotten all down on herself and been, and either gone ahead and performed and then really not done very right. well, or worse than that, gotten hurt. Yeah. Or it could have caused an a long-lasting negative effect on her career. We don't know. Right. So she used very good decision-making, I think. She did. She made a wise choice. I agree. We stand with Simone. We do. I think that putting it back on each of us, though, it's that idea that sometimes I have clients who will be talking about something and and I will validate them by saying something like, you're doing a really good job, you're really strong, or you're really brave, Mm -hmm. and they will in tears often say, I don't feel brave mm-hmm. or I don't feel strong. Yeah, often when I say, because I, I say those like similar things to clients or like, you know, you're working so hard or, or like, you know, it took a lot of, it took a lot of like strength to do that. Mm-hmm. I can always kind of read on their face and then I'll go, do you believe me when I say that? And sometimes they'll go, yeah, but mostly it's like, mm, it's mm-hmm. kind of hard. Yeah, exactly. But what I often say to them is, I understand that you don't feel like you're being strong, but you are being strong. You are Mm -hmm. acting Mm -hmm. strong. Yes. You know, and so that's part of resilience is that, yeah, you're going to have those feelings like this sucks and I feel weak and I feel scared. No one feels like they know what they're doing, I think. Right. Like, I think we, we all have this idea in our head that like we have to feel like we're being strong or right. making the right choice you or to doing feel all this like stuff you're, or you're, have it all together. Exactly. No one feels like that. No. And if they do, that's probably the other end of some kind of mental illness where they're so <laughs> well, full of themselves that... Listen, <laughs> if, you, if you sometimes feel if you, competent, I, it's not it's not a mental illness. If but you feel competent, no. It's, <laughs> but you know, yeah, it, if it's, you think that again, you're always above... It's a spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should probably have a spectrum sound effect. I'm going to find some other ones. <laughs> okay. I'm not satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> She's sadly looking at her array of sound effects. Eh, Not eh. good enough. I really looked for a kazoo. <laughs> you couldn't find a kazoo? Well, I used to have like 50 kazoos, <laughs> but I just moved out of one of my offices that I used to have where I had all the kids stuff. The kazoo in. office. My kazoo office. <laughs> I had kazoos and recorders had- <laughs> and, and little kid drums i had all kinds of sound effects oh man that would have been but, great yeah, i left those in my past i've moved on now to be a full-time therapist so i don't have any fun stuff in <laughs> not a lot of fun stuff when you're working in mental health yeah now we're just all trying to be resilient <laughs> can i give you some characteristics of resilient people that i found please do so i found that when you are resilient like people who are resilient often hold positive views of themselves and their abilities so that uh, is kind of the competence confidence thing Mm -hmm. possessing the capacity to make realistic plans and stick to them which i think goes with like knowing your limits Mm -hmm. and and knowing what you are capable of having an internal locus of control is listed being a good communicator is listed Mm. viewing themselves as fighters rather than victims or survivors maybe i think would be a good way to say it too and the victim mentality is is a big that's yeah it's a big thing that will pull you away from resilience right and then having high emotional intelligence and kind of managing your emotions effectively so those are things that people who have high resilience and usually that comes after a lot of work um will will display and one thing i also want to point out is the one of the like questions i saw about resilience was does trauma make someone less resilient and the answer was no like people who have undergone trauma uh, usually are actually highly resistant, but it, it pointed out that people who have gone through trauma usually have like maladaptive coping skills mm. and how that can affect them. That doesn't mean they are less resilient. It just means that, and, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, and I know I've talked about it with my clients a lot, how like we develop coping skills, we develop strategies that work at the time when we're in the trauma but then we kind of have to adapt them right. as we move forward. Exactly. So, so again, it's not like you're doing it wrong if you're surviving. <laughs> right. We exactly. just we just have to make sure it's healthy as you move forward in your life. Mm-hmm. 
That's good. That's my little note about resilience. I like it. I like it. Okay. That's all I've got. Did Baby. we forget anything? Probably. It's <laughs> a terrible question. So if you're listening to this episode in like 10 years and you're like, who is this Simone Biles? Simone, if you're listening to this episode, hi, I love you. <laughs> yeah, That's all. Simone. That's all. Please tweet That's us, all. Simone. Please tweet us, Simone. <laughs> um, but you might have to like do, you know, do some Googling to if you're listening ten to this years, 10 years. People will know now. who Simone is in 10 years. Okay. We know we're talking well, about Carrie Strug. Yeah, she'll still be probably active. Oh, yeah, continue. probably. She will do. She has has done already some amazing work about sexual abuse and helping girls to be prepared to That's stand an up awesome for themselves. Way to use her voice. And yeah. yeah, so she is a very good role model for young women. She's using her platform. Haha, yep. <laughs> get it? Because when they get the the, the ah, medals, they stand on a little a platform. platform. <laughs> That's true. You're so funny. I know all about the Olympics, actually. That's I, why I can make such informed <laughs> jokes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anna is self-aware. <laughs> Anna is lying through her teeth. What's the sound effect for that? <laughs> all right. Can I thank them? Please do. Sipsters, thank you so much for putting up with our weirdness today. We just Extra thought weirdness. we would do something silly today. <laughs> but th- there's seriousness under that silly too because we do we do encourage you to work on your own resilience and be appreciative of other people's resilience mm-hmm. too. And realize that their resilience might not look the way you expect it to look. Mm, like exactly. Simone Biles. Exactly. So thank you so much, Sipsters, for being with us today. And we always appreciate you joining us. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more of us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are Freudian Sips Pod on everything. Our site is FreudianSipsPod.com. Our email is FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. Our Patreon is Freudian Sips Pod if you would like to support the show. And please remember to leave us a nice rating and review if you can do that wherever you're listening. Apple, Podchaser, we love everything. So uh, in the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful day. We love you. And our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod. And it sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs>